side note. Five, four, three, two, one. And more about mummies. Yay, mummies. No, <laughs> no I don't like that. I don't like that intro at all. <laughs> I kind of liked mine. Yay. Okay, so <laughs> uh, welcome back to our next side note episode. This one talks a little more about mummies. In our last episode, we talked about Juanita and the Ice Maiden of Yuyako and Peruvian mass child sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so if you haven't morbid. listened to that episode, go back and listen to that before you start this it was a little disturbing it's a little disturbing but it was really good very informational i appreciate you oh thank you wait were you talking to me or the listeners when you said i appreciate you you but i also appreciate the listeners i was like wait a minute what (laughs) (laughs) appreciate me no we appreciate all our listeners we love you guys like i'm so happy that more and more people every time we get a new listen it just makes me so happy inside that people listen to our stories and they like it keeps us doing this because if no one listened, it wouldn't be as fun to do because we want to tell you right. our stories. More and more people that they listen. Every time somebody else listens to it or gives us a rating or anything. Or likes us it on makes Instagram me really happy inside. or likes us on our Twitter. It's, yes, it's very exciting. We see all of you. We see you. And we love you. And we love you. I also love mummies. <laughs> I do too. So let's talk some more about mummies. All right. So last time I talked a little bit about how they use forensics and, and stuff like that to test Juanita's hair. And they were able to determine like what she ate and how long ago she ate it. And basically kind of like what her life was like, like through forensics of the 600 year old mummy. I think forensics is so interesting. Like Me I should too. have been a forensic scientist instead of a graphic designer because <laughs> I should have been a forensic scientist. Yeah, me too. So recently here in Phoenix, there was an exhibit about mummies at the Arizona Science Center. And then we went to it and it was so interesting. Like, I can't stand how interesting this was. They had mummies like from all over. Some were really well preserved, some not so much. But just like reading some of their individual stories was so super interesting to me. And there was one mummy there. He was from Germany and they called him the Baron. He lived in this like huge castle. He, um, there was him and another mummy, and they f- were found in the same castle crypt where they died in like the 1600s. So basically, there was something about the environment of the crypt that like just kept them mummified because there was no, I guess, like moisture that could get in. There was like no airflow, like nothing could get in there to really decompose the bodies. So mm-hmm. they were really well preserved. And the family still lives in that castle oh, from wow. the 1600s, like the same family. Like, that'd be badass. I want a castle. Can I have a castle? I want a castle. Any barons out there who are single? <laughs> I am too. But you have to have a castle. But you have to have a castle. Bonus points if there's mummies in the crypt of this Heck castle. yes. Or if it's haunted. <laughs> yes. A haunted castle with mummies in the basement. I'm your girl. You don't ask for much, do you? <laughs> I don't ask for much. <laughs> you just have to have a castle with Don't give haunted. me flowers. Give me mummies. Haunted mummies in the basement. <laughs> yep. That's all. <laughs> Okay, so the family that still lives in this castle today have let scientists study the Baron and the other mummy. I don't know if it was his wife or not. I wish I remembered. And like for historical forensics and DNA testing and all that, because they can see now how accurate they are in their DNA, like genealogy predictions and stuff, because they have DNA from every single descendant from this oh, mummy yeah. to present day. So if you're thinking of like, this is the best example that you could probably do if you're a scientist like studying dna and familial dna or whatnot this is probably a godsend to you yeah absolutely yeah so of course all that helps like dna techniques in general so the next time you do your ancestry dna and you have better results then it's from people like this mummy from the 1600s that they were able to study thank the mummies and 
Right. So it's like, you know, you caught the Golden State Killer through familial DNA and Mm -hmm. all. And like now it's just going to get more and more. Like DNA technology is going to get more and more awesome. We're seeing a lot more like cold cases being solved now because people are starting to use that type of DNA. Right. And, you know, you're looking at this mummy in this case, too, at this exhibit. And some people are like, oh, it's like a dead body in a case. And I'm like, yeah, but 450, 500 years after his death, like, he is contributing so much to science and mm-hmm. he didn't even know it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so he weird to think about. Like, so valuable. Right. And I'm just like, here's this dude laying here and who knows what his life was like. You're doing so much. He didn't even know it. Yeah. That's just, it's just kind of like mind blowing to me. Something that he, or something that these mummies, when they were alive, couldn't possibly imagine happening. Yeah. Like they probably could never even imagine this technology and this, this research and science that their bodies are leading to. Yeah. Yeah. And like, think of all the people that they're going to help and everybody that does do genealogical studies or anything, they're going to have a huge boost thanks to this mummy Mm -hmm. that they're testing on. Thanks, and mommy. Like I was gonna say, experimenting on, but I guess <laughs> no, they're researching. They're researching. Is a better word. <laughs> yeah, they're not experimenting, experimenting on they're him. They're researching. <laughs> they're researching him. So there was a, another mummy there at this exhibit from South America, and it was just his head, though. Oh. It was just a mummified head. And tribesmen around that area would make mummy heads of people they killed in battle and carry them around like trophies. And they would mummify the head. And decorate it with, like, fake hair and ornaments, earrings, jewelry. They put, like, stones in their eyes and stuff like that. Did like, you tell me the story before? Maybe. I feel like I've known it. And, like, this head was, like, really super detailed. And it was interesting to me because back then, like, the people that killed the people in battle would use their heads as trophies and carry them around. And it made them, like, badass, so to speak. But now today, we're looking at the man that got killed, and we think he's the badass. Yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of like your victim, in air quotes, like yeah. your battle victim that you killed. He is more important now than you are. Then, yeah, like no nobody remembers you. who you are. <laughs> Just some great warrior. Okay, great. But like, here's this guy. The person head. you killed is the one that we're like looking at all mesmerized by. And they also had shrunken heads, which you have told me this. I think I crazy. swear. I, have? I think okay. Uh, well, I don't know the story, but you must have told me something about warrior heads and shrunken heads, or I read something I about did. it because that was that was in my mind was shrunken heads. <laughs> shrunken heads. They had shrunken heads. Okay. This. Oh gosh. Ever since I saw this in like a Ripley's Believe It or Not ad, like in Pigeon Forge or Gatlinburg, when I was like in middle school, I'm like <laughs> shrunken heads. Man, these are. These aren't real. Like, it's not a real head. No, they're real heads. They're They're about the size of a tennis ball. How do you do this? There's a shrunken head in Harry Potter. Is there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They had a poster up explaining how to shrink a head. I mean, it didn't give you step-by-step instructions, like a recipe, which I would definitely need if I was going to do it. But they just talk about how they remove the skull and the bones in the head. And they would fill it with, like, a real hot sand and, like, dip it in a bunch of chemicals and, like, fill it with hot sand, let it dry out again and dip in chemicals and just kind of repeat this process over and over. And I'm not even kidding. These heads shrink to about the size of a tennis ball. And they're still, like, to scale, like, the size of a human head. Like, your eyes are still, like, proportionable or whatever. And proportionable? I don't think that's a word. Proportional? Proportionable. (laughs) Proportional. They're the same distance apart, little as they would be big, full size. Proportional. But you put an extra. Oh, there's the Easter egg. Proportion- Supposedly? Propor- 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 proportionable. Supposedly? Uh, Joey Tribbiani today. 
But of course now, you know, shrunken heads are obviously outlawed. <laughs> it's, it's illegal to own them. Good call. Um, people used to make fake shrunken heads as souvenirs, though, to sell to people. So this is also why you should not buy a shrunken head. Besides it being illegal, you could get a fake. Yeah, don't, and it's probably we'll just, more likely you're going to get a fake. I think I'd rather have a fake, though. Like, uh, I don't want a shrunken right. head hanging in my... I don't know about that. You yeah. think some of my stuff is weird in my apartment? That would be weird. That's true. Well, in the 1800s and 1900s, it was really popular for people to buy mummy parts, the souvenirs, when they went places. Weird and they people. would buy like a hand or a foot or something, just take it home with them. Bad juju. So back in the day, people would go and like dig up mummies just to break them up and sell the pieces as souvenirs. And if you were really rich, you would buy a whole mummy and you would have an unwrapping party. And you would just set it out on a table and you would get a lot of people together and you would just unwrap them all and kind of gawk at them. They used to dip their wrappings in buckets and like make a paint. And there's a shade of paint called mummy brown that was really popular. And it was because it was mummy made from mummy wrappings. Ew, you're painting with dead people. You're painting with corpse juice. I don't want brown walls. Like that sounds terrible to me. Just my personal preference. I don't want dead mummy wrappings being embedded in the paint on my walls either. Yeah, and like bits of a mummy. No. Right. So, also, people used to eat mummies. Weirdos. <laughs> yes. Gross. I thought I would get more of a reaction. You're just like, gross. At this point, I'm like, not the llamas. Not the llamas. Eat mummies. Ooh, gross. Gross. <laughs> Yeah. They would eat parts of the mummies that are wrappings because they thought it gave them, not like superpowers, but they thought it had like healing powers of some sort. They would eat the wrappings or the mummy? A little bit of both. What weirdos. Maybe you put it in like a soup or something. And then the leftover soup you put in the paint bucket and paint your walls with it. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Save those wrappings so we can put them in the soup later. Yeah, for real. Wait a minute. You know, you want seconds? Go get the paint bucket. <laughs> okay, so that's disrespectful. Not having your mummy right. displayed, and that is disrespectful. Exactly. And I actually wrote that next to the notes. I'm like, a lot of people that are like, oh, having these like Juanita and the Maiden of Yuyako like on display for people to look at or say gawk at, I think is really disrespectful. But I'm like, this is among one of the most respectful things I think people have yeah, done for some not of these mummies. eating and buying yeah. them and unwrapping them at parties. They're not little party favors. Like, Right. God. They're people. But I, back in the day, you know, in ancient Egypt, when they were excavating all that stuff, people would just find parts of them. And that that's grave robbing right there. Oh, yeah. And you're taking bits of people. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's I mean, there's really a, bad luck. Yeah. There is a difference between archaeology and grave robbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that meme that went around. It's like, what's the amount of time that needs to go by before it becomes archaeology? Yeah. <laughs> And then someone's like, well, archaeology isn't grave robbing or something's like, tell us that grave robber. Well, archaeology, you're doing it for research. Right. You have a purpose. It's an educational. It's a greater purpose. Yeah. You have a a reason to do it. Keyword. Gravely sanctioned by the government. Robbing. Yeah. Grave robbing is going to like excavating King Tut's tomb is going to get out the treasures, analyze it, do tests on it, display it in museums for educational purposes. Mm -hmm. Grave robbing is going to steal it to sell in the black market. Yeah, that's the difference. So you can get your own money from it. Don't rob graves, people. Yeah. Old or new. And plus, though, if you did, though, like, think about if Howard Carter, when he found King Tut's tomb, he was the only one that found it, and he found all this stuff. And he's like, hey, I have this shoe. It's from King Tut's tomb. You want to buy it from me? Who is going to buy it from him? I'm sure there's a lot of Because I'd be like, first of all, you can't prove that it's from King Tut's tomb. I'm like, second of all, I don't know. 
There are people out there that are stupid enough who are buying mummies so they can paint their walls with them that are going to do anything. It's like if people, like somebody steals the Mona Lisa and they try to sell it on the black market. Like, this is the one and only Mona Lisa. I'm like, why do you have it? (laughs) That's what I want to know. Either it's a fake or you stole it. Because we ask questions, but there's too many people that don't ask questions. And I know somebody would try to buy it, but I'm like, it's not like I can hang it above my TV in my apartment and tell, tell people that come over, this is the real Mona Lisa. Because they'll think I'm crazy or they'll turn me into the cops or yeah. whatever. Or they'll think it's a fake. Like, yeah. what good does it do me? What's the you point? Know? Yeah, there's no point. To have it, if it's something like this, it's like one of a kind that somebody stole from someplace. Yeah. Oh, I agree. So there's your mummies. Like, mummies cool. are freaking awesome. I like mummies. Good story. That's my little side note about mummies. That's our second side note. Um, yeah, if you have any ideas for little mini stories or for sure main stories, go ahead and email us at darker side of life podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, darker side of life podcast and Twitter uh, at DSOL podcast. Yeah. Until next time. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye. to cut this. There's no way I can leave this part in.